0: we measure the concert halls the impulse responses of the concert halls so we have a loudspeaker on stage which is emitting we use sine sweeps but then the, it's equivalent that there will be one impulse so you can think a clap of hand then so you have an impulse and then of course you hear the decay of the of this impulse and then we have a multi-microphone system there have to be at least four microphones we are using six but four is the minimum and they are omni microphones and then based on the time differences between the microphones. So if, if I, I don't know if you see here, but for example, if I have three microphones here and there's a plane wave coming in one direction, there is a tiny time differences when they hit the microphones. And those tiny time differences we can find with mathematical terms, which it's called cross correlation. We can find out what is kind of the, the time difference between the microphones when you have an impulsive sound. So you have peak there. And based on that, if you have multiple more than four microphones, then you have enough microphone pairs to have big number or bigger number of, of these, these different delays. And then you can estimate that where actually the sound is coming. And that you can do also in, in tiny windows through the whole signal. And, and then you can find out in different time frames that where the sound is coming or where these impulses are coming. And kind of the first impulse is, of course, from the stage, that that's the direct sound. And then later on, there's another impulse, which is actually coming to the reflection. It can be from the ceiling or from the side wall or something. Then this, this microphone array analyzes these, these directions. So traditionally, in an impulse response, there is only the pressure value. So we have the pressure of the signal, which are these peaks and valleys in the, in the signal. But now, in addition to that, we have also a side information that we're... Every single sample is coming. So in a way, we have kind of a space, what we call spatial impulse response. And that we use in our reproduction. Currently, we have 45 loudspeakers around you. So it's kind of that you are surrounded by loudspeakers. And then we can divide this one impulse response, which is from... Omni microphone, so we know that the quality is really good from Omni microphone. And because we have this sound information, we can actually distribute these reflections because we, we can analyze individual reflections and then we distribute them in these uh, 45 loudspeakers so that they are coming in the correct direction in a correct time. So that way we can replicate the kind of the sound spatial sound field that you have in a concert hall. And that's, of course, done only for the impulses. But then there's a mathematical operation called convolution that we can use then to convolve it, with anechoic or dry recording. And by this way, you can add, add the signal there, there as well. So this is for one sound source. But in a symphony orchestra, of course, you have from 50 to 100 players. So you should have actually 50 to 100 sound sources. So that means that you have to replicate this for 50 to 100 times, uh, moving your loudspeaker in uh, on stage. But we end up of, of having like... We build like the loudspeaker orchestra so we build orchestra out of loudspeakers so we distribute different measurement like loudspeakers on stage sitting as as orchestra would sit and then currently we are in our system we have 32 loudspeakers which are actually connected to 24 channels but then we have 24 of these spatial impulse responses and then it corresponds to different instruments and then that's why we can then replicate this process for every single instrument, basically, or small instrument. It's quite technical, but I hope that somebody could follow this. So the end result is that that when you are sitting in, in our listening room, which is a, a dry space, and then all these 45 loudspeakers around you, basically you hear the kind of the orchestra playing on stage, and you have an impression that the orchestra is in front of you, playing on stage, and then you hear the reverberation where it comes from. The crucial point here is that, of course, we could actually record a real orchestra, with special sound recording, which is possible nowadays. But then when we go to the next hall, because the key point is that we want to compare the halls to understand what are the differences between the halls, is that the orchestra is not playing actually the same way in each hall, because that's the duty of the orchestra is, is kind of uh, play to... Differently, because if, if it's too dry hall or, or or something that they they play differently, that's their job, kind of accommodate their playing style to the acoustics of the whole. Then we cannot guarantee that it's exactly the same level. We cannot guarantee that the tempo is exactly the same and so on. But when we when we do this with these measured responses and this loudspeaker orchestra, what we call loudspeaker orchestra, it's kind of loudspeaker simulator. Then those we can calibrate. And we can guarantee that they are exactly the same level and exactly in the same positions in each hall, like they are sitting in exactly on, on the same spots. And then our unechoic recordings is also, also like it's one recording and, and we use the same recording. So that ends up that we have kind of the calibrated orchestra.
1: You need to say what unechoic is.
0: Yeah, unechoic yeah. is, is a, as dry as possible. So it's it's it's, it's dry recording. You can think yeah. that it's, it's recorded in a dry studio, for example.
1: know Renovar- the. No reverberation. No
0: reverberation. Yeah, no reverberation. So, so it's it's kind of because we are adding the reverberation through these responses. It all started by thinking that okay, if we want to study concert halls, we have to minimize the variables that they are in our studies. And then the biggest one, biggest variable is is orchestra because they are humans playing and moving and and this kind of thing. So they actually change, and they change their playing style and so. on. So we want to fix this variable so that it's it's not changing. And that led the idea of, of, of building kind of a symphony orchestra simulator. And then, of course, the microphone arrays is another thing that, okay, it's the microphones, it acts exactly the same way. We can calibrate the levels and so on. So we fix everything. And then what where we are doing this, these measurements is, is exactly also that's kind of fixed, like the distances. So when we did our tour 10 years ago, uh-huh. we fixed the distances so that it's always like seven... 11, 15, 19, and 23 meters from the from the loudspeakers, from the closest loudspeakers. So that we kind of take the same seat in each hall. And then now in the laboratory, when we have when we are listening these these uh, reproductions, we can really take a position from 15 meters from the orchestra and then jump from hall to hall and then compare how different there are. For kind of easy differences is a loudness difference. Some hall are just louder than the others. And then, if you have exactly the same distance, calibrated orchestra, calibrated microphone system, calibrated reproduction system, then you can, if there's a loudness difference, then it's something that the hall does.
1: How do you do a measurement campaign? And I presume also, if you do some measurements one year, you may have some missing, missing information. That some people will need in five ten years time, so they will have to go back and do other measurements. Is there a d- database online that uh, of people who have done measurements and that can be used for more acoustic research?
0: Unfortunately, not our. Our uh, we have been thinking of of kind of putting it online, but it's kind of so much data. Now it's actually possible, but ten years ago it was too much. But there are some some other nowadays. There are also some other. Uh, studies which have the similar ones. Our anechoic recordings, so these try recordings, they have been available for for free since 2008 when we did them. But how we actually guarantee that we don't have a missing data or something? It's it's something that we did already in earlier before our tour in Central Europe. We did many halls in in Finland, and then we kind of developed the, the whole symphony simulator or the loudspeaker, also loudspeaker positions their orientation so that they match as well as we can like the directivities of the instruments and then then we kind of tested it, it many times and then in this tour we went there we have really strict procedure how we did we actually kind of copied a little bit what the pilots are doing in airplanes they have these kind of checklists and then we had we had also this kind of checklist that, that when we set up everything we calibrate everything then one guy went to the like the conductor podium and, and checked that is every single loudspeaker on? Is every single and, and every wire on? And then this so that that we are not missing data. And then we, then we of course we kind of measured first, and then we analyzed quickly. First impulse responses we measured, and we, then we analyzed them quickly in situ there. That okay? Are there any noises? Sometimes we actually found ultrasound noises or something else. that There were some problems, and then and then that we have a clean and good signal. And then we kind of, in situ there, spend like one hour for for testing everything, so that we are we guarantee that, that that the data is correct. And then we just actually recorded the sweeps for multiple places.
1: How long does it take to do a measurement or a set of measurement or campaign of measurements in a single hole? I presume it takes a few days.
0: Uh, no, it was it was actually limited to eight hours because, oh, okay. uh, in a, yeah, in our tour. Uh, we could access the halls only during the night.
1: Oh yeah, of so course. We, yeah, we, 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 ca- we could ca- not,
0: ca- we could not afford to buy, for example, a day in Musikverein or a day in Berlin Philharmonie. And then the only way was, was that, that uh, when we got kind of contact to the management of the halls that, and we said that, can we come in like, after let's say, 10 p.m. after the concert or after the, the day, whatever there is, And then, so that we are out before seven or eight when the, like the f- first, Rehearsal persons, <laughs> or the first rehearsal start, or something, and and then then that was like the easiest way to get access to these halls. Then we actually how we then went is that we rented the nightliner, the same kind of bus that the rock bands are doing, so that there are beds in bus, bus and so on. And so, so we always did our work in in uh, during the night, and then went to the bus to sleep, and then the bus driver. So sure. it was to the next city but it was, it was designed so that that the setup was actually two hours, so we have a, we, we were six uh, six researchers, and then we had a clear role of, of everybody one was setting up the microphone, a couple of them of setting up the loudspeakers and, and putting the wires, always the same person was doing the same thing so that it it's kind of it was smooth then this kind of testing checklist thing, testing everything and then, then we always listened uh, half an hour. We had these unechoic recordings, but because, of course, you can play them from the loudspeakers in situ. So we listened to them so that everybody could walk around the hall and make notes and and how how you have kind of the, you have the oral impression also in situ. And then after these two hours, uh, sometimes it, it went three hours if there were some problems. And then then we know that okay we are ready. And then we had to clear that we want to have at least these five positions and then a couple of them and then first row of the balcony. So we had seven, eight positions, like recording positions or seats, which we wanted to have from every hall. And if then there were time in the end, then we took some extra positions. But it was really designed so that everything can be done in in eight hours.
1: There's always, in those sorts of projects, there's... Who oh, is like ten or twenty percent technical or actually scientific and the rest is all logistics and organizations and yeah operations. I know it's been popular uh, like my baron uh, wrote a book about and uh, summarized all these measurements and analysis as well are you Have you got any plans to do some something similar about concert halls in Finland?
0: Yes, yes, but it's kind of uh, yes, I have had a long time. But of course, uh, we have done a lot of scientific publications like journal articles and so on. And then that's actually a little bit problematic because the information is actually scattered to, to different publications. And then then I have had an intention, almost 10 years to write a book, but I'm still hesitating to start it because I know that it's at least two years stress on top of everything. I'm now a professor. And then, of course, there are daily, daily duties. So it will be weekends and and evenings and nights when I should write it and then I'm hesitating to start it because I, I know that it's it's several years of I should take take a sabbatical and then probably write it that that would be probably the, the easiest way to do it
1: I thought the the book you gave me or the chapter of the book you gave me to read yeah was just talking about two concert halls and there was a lot of an analysis that you don't see that much in other books, uh, or the books I've read. So it would be really rich for any other designers to have that sort of analysis on 10, 20 consoles so we can, could compare them. And if we know that we've got a database of uh, impulse responses, we could even use them, but I guess. Is you have to spend a lot of money, and people are keeping that data.
0: Yeah, and the literature on concert halls is kind of uh, it's kind of biased. I think a little bit of of Veronique's books, because they they are basically okay. There is the basic information and and, and really good information, but then it's really like big number of holes, like the uh, pictures, architectural drawings, some technical data, and then. Uh, it's kind of the form that people think that that's kind of the book of concert halls. I think Mike Barron's book is is, is the only one which is really like meant for designers, that, that there are some design uh, ideas and it's kind of explaining different things like this. Okay, maybe there will be some, o- or there are some other books, but also there are many books which, they are more like, Cookbooks are a little bit like this that that you have many different holes, and then people are consultants are looking at them and and looking at, okay, yeah, this this looks like this, and this looks like this, and then the technical data is this. It's kind of maybe uh, having like uh, many pictures of holes so that people get some new ideas out of these. And it's it's not really like explaining, let's say, basic theories and perceptual issues that that has been mainly our, our research focus.